0: Welcome to Woman Up, the podcast series from Desperate Art Wives. And I'm Susan Merrick. Today we're talking to um, Birmingham-based artist Sue Richardson, whose involvement with her work, such as the Postal Art Event, was pioneering from other artists. Hello, Sue. Hello, Susan. Amy from Desperate Art Wives um, caught up with you briefly last year um, with your exhibition, Home Strike. Um, which, yes. if I'm right in thinking, has been 40 years since you did see use some of the pieces in the original exhibition um, at the ICA. Um, is that correct? Yes, it
1: would be. Yes. At okay, least amazing. Yes.
0: So I guess my first question for you then, Sue, is um, from your perspective, um, how do you think um, things have changed for women artists and other artists in that time?
1: right well probably not as much as they should have um mm. i i think that there's um certainly more interest in looking to see what women artists are doing mainly because um of younger women researchers and art historians and curators who are now looking back into what was happening at that time and promoting it again Um, because I've not really been involved in the art world, um, well, probably for the last 35 years, and even when I was, because it was um, feminist art and because I was working with women, we were kind of outside of it. Um, So really, you know, I mean, I I see that every now and again um, there's a, a big point made about women being involved in something or, you know, at last a woman has won something, you know, or it just still seems, you know, really, really difficult. So I don't think all that much has changed. Um, it probably is slightly easier to get work in in the art field than it was, and um, that's probably more to do with the fact that um, people have been shamed into it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you
0: know. I think that's a really good, really <laughs> <Yeah>. good point. <laughs> For me, um, in the art school that I was at, this, it, it was, um, it was that, that, word of shame again, but the other way around, it was, it was kind of like, you, you really want to put yourself in that bracket because you're going to be, um, limiting what you can do. I believe I was told, and this was only three years ago. Um, <laughs> yes. So, but, but actually, if, if so many of us are still feeling as you did in the seventies that, that we need different ways of working in order to, get our work out there to uh look at different ways of working and look at um different experiences of women um then it then it is necessary and then yeah we do need to be doing it because it's still relevant
1: yeah i think it is and i think it's it's still not acceptable to work in ways that can be defined as craft um yeah even though you know paintings craft and so sculpture i don't i've never understood it it's just really
0: a con but if it, yeah, if you're right, if it's if it comes falls under the term of craft, there's nose turning still, and um, oh yes, it's a really interesting perspective <laughs> on materials.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. You know, I mean, it's really. It's I find it depressing and quite upsetting. You know, to find how little things have changed. Just at the moment, I've got two pieces of work in Birmingham Museum and Art Gallery in, in an exhibition called Women Power Protest. Which has only come about okay. because it's a hundred years since um some women got the vote, yeah, you know, and I just yeah. keep thinking it's is it going to be another hundred years before they drag out all of this work, all women's work, mostly from the arts council collection, you know, including some wonderful work that's just never ever seen, yeah,
0: yeah <laughs> i it is I I try not to be I try not to be depressed about it but um I suppose that um when when you see it like that it it can it can make you feel like not working but it can also um for myself anyway fuel that um idea of right okay we need to we need to get out there we need to be doing stuff so I, I am excited as well about the potential there is and that it's incredibly slow changing but that I think changes are happening and it is honestly thanks to artists like yourself sue who you know stuck their necks out and said you know this isn't what we're trying to do here isn't working so let's look at doing it in a different way and yeah and I think that's that's what artists do well is that they look at doing things in a different way um I think so
1: I mean you know we got we did have very limited funding in order to enable us to Um, do things like the postal event and uh, phoenix which was um you know a a traveling installation that four of us did after the postal event so we did have some a small amount of funding and it was community-based funding um and it was because you know our main interest was in linking and connecting with ordinary women really (laughs) you know and we we had to just think we don't we don't care if the art world doesn't want to see it or doesn't recognize it. And that was definitely the basis that we worked on. And although we did show in galleries, we showed in libraries and in community centers as well. In fact, the only galleries we ever got to show in were ones where there was a sympathetic man at the helm, you know, because it was always a man. Yeah. <laughs> no, There were never any yeah. women. Yeah. Um, so, you know, yes, that definitely was what we were trying to do we were just trying to make sure that we could make work that would connect with as many women as possible
0: excellent um now you said that you were then kind of out of the art world for the last 35 years do you say although i've seen you've been back within it the last couple of years
1: well in the last couple of years mainly because um uh, my my colleague, Monica Ross, who I worked with back in the 70s and who was probably the main reason I got involved in feminist art, along with Kate Walker, um, she, um, I think it was probably in about 2010, she got in touch with me. Uh, we hadn't really been in touch for years and said, you know, you've got to do something with that body of work that you created in the 70s and 80s, you know, because it's it shouldn't just be hidden away in a trunk. And she did her best to help me to um, connect with Alexandra Coccoli, who put on um, a sort of retrospective show for me at Goldsmiths, uh, also with the help of Althea Green at Goldsmiths at the Sly Library there. That was how I came back into it, you know, because it was because Monica got in touch with me. I'd, got, I'd given up on it years before. You know, I've always thought that I did some really good pieces of work um, that stood out and I look at the same pieces of work now and I think they still stand, you know, they're still Absolutely. relevant. And and I think I'd had to bury it because I, otherwise it would have just been too depressing. You know, I had to bury how I felt about it. I also, you know, the fact that I couldn't get any work um, because of the kind of artwork that I did, you know, it, it prevented me from from teaching in colleges. You know, I just wasn't able to get anything. So I had to move out of that field. You know, I'd got to make some money. And, yeah. I mean, it wasn't really, I mean, I did various things. I did teaching and so on in schools, but I ended up moving into um, the music field because I felt that I wanted to, I was, I got an opportunity really to do that. And um I could, I, I didn't want to be a front person. You know, I'd had enough of being a front person in, a, in an organization, you know, where all you yeah. get is abuse hurled at you and you weren't destroyed. <laughs> yeah. You know.
0: Yeah, that must have been very difficult. I watched, um, a short interview that you did, um, with Studio International, um, yes. which was, uh, I think last year. Um, and you mentioned, um, you talk about your work with the band there and you said that in a way you felt like you were, um, uh, I don't know if you use the word pioneer. I think that's my word, but you were doing something that women weren't doing there as well in, in that you, am I right in saying that you created, um, an instrument from a washboard?
1: Yeah, well, yeah, kind of. I mean, it wasn't my idea. I have to say it was um, the two guys that I worked with, two men that I worked with um, were songwriters. And I just I happened to know one of them. And I was around when they were writing songs. And one of them wanted some percussion in, you know, uh, in the background with their songs, but they didn't want drums. And he used to mess around with a pen on the back of a plastic plate. You know where the raised letters are? And he used to make little sounds. I mean, you know, very good arranger, and he could make sounds on the back of that that would give a kind of hi hat sound. You know, kind of a just a a nice steady rhythm. And um, and and he said, you know, a washboard would do. You know, so you could do that. You know, just find a washboard (laughs) and do a bit of you know. So I mean, it wasn't exactly a cool thing to do in the eighties, as you can imagine. You know, it was the the days of glam rock. So, (laughs) but you know, I didn't mind doing that because I thought their songs were great. You know, in fact. The theme of their songs was quite similar to the theme of my artwork in that it was a bit political, um, a bit serious, you know, with quite quite serious messages, but done in a way that made people laugh. The band's called Terry and Jerry. And you won't have heard of it unless you were around in the 80s. But um, we're back doing it again, which is really great. We've been doing it again for four years, Um, mainly because we're all still alive,
0: I think. (laughs) Can we find links to that online? Well, yeah,
1: just go on the Terry and Jerry website. Excellent. I was going to say that saved me really because it enabled me to do something creative where I didn't. I mean, I just needed a rest from being in the forefront of something. It was just too unpleasant and difficult. And also I could, you know, earn enough money to live
0: doing that. So I did that for four years. That sounds like a really um, inspiring but protective. I can't think of the right term way of um, way of transitioning.
1: I think so. I mean, it was quite cathartic. You know, I mean, I got a lot of stick because okay. I was working with men, you know, and at the time you weren't really, <laughs> you know, you weren't supposed to do that. But for me, it meant that I could <laughs> go into the background, you know, I mean, I changed my name, I wore shades and I just really enjoyed, you know, I'd always been in uh, love percussion and, um, you know, I, it was a chance for me to do that, even if it was on a washboard, you know, but it's, t- it, it ended <laughs> up being a really good thing because. I had to be creative with it.
0: Amazing. You, you said you changed your name. You mean while you were in the band, you had a different name?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I Was had to because really you different. really
0: felt the need to hide away? Yeah, I did, yes. Okay.
1: And also, I needed to hide away from other feminists too for a while, you know. I mean, like, things mm-hmm. have changed, but in the 70s, you know, you really weren't allowed to do that.
0: Well, I think some people still f- potentially feel that, and uh, well, yeah. I think it can still be... Yeah, yeah, it can be um, be difficult to have um, open conversations without being frightened of um, repercussion. <laughs> well, absolutely. Especially yeah. in the world of, uh, of online media and a uh, constant absolutely. audience. Yeah. Yes,
1: it's very difficult. And I mean, it's, it, yeah. Anyway, it was really good that they gave me the opportunity to do that. And I had the sense, really, to take it up instead of thinking, crikey, why am I do? you know, how can I do this? I've got a 10-year-old son and, um, you know, how can I go off around the country playing a washboard? Because I said it wasn't yeah. even a cool thing to do, you know. I mean, it was very embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it sounds very cool now. <laughs> but, it, you know, I mean, we ma- I made it work to my advantage. And because everybody was behind it and because I lived in Birmingham, I decided um, the washboard that I had wore out. And after various attempts to get other ones, you know, to find ones with little, you know, with appeals on the television and stuff, um, I decided as Birmingham was the center of, um, the metal industry at the time still that I would get one made in Birmingham. So I've got a big washboard that doesn't look at all like a washboard. So people imagine it's something else and that helped quite a lot. Anyway, I should stop talking about that. (laughs) But it's that (laughs) was what I did next, you know, that was what I did next. And then when the bands, Broke up so that people could do different things. Um, I I'd learned enough through helping to administer, do the administration and the tour bookings and stuff um, to go into arts administration, and that was what I did for the rest of my time. So that was my link to the art world was through arts administration, you know, and helping okay. other people.
0: Yeah. So last year you um, were part of the Home Strike exhibition, yes, uh, with Paula Chamber and two other artists. Could you tell me a bit more about um, your involvement in that?
1: Right. Well, I think that probably came about through a link with Alexandra Coccoli again, um, uh, with the, um, with Joanna at L'Etranger, and Joanna was very interested in my work and thought that it would link with the other work. Um and also, it was really good because there were lots of events organized around it. So there was plenty of opportunity for discussion and things like the interview with, um, you know, that you've
0: just uh, referred to. Yeah, the Studio International. Yes.
1: So, and it was a great, a really good opportunity for me to show that that particular um, part of my work. And also to put in some things that i had done last year, which were based on the same ideas, but kind of updated a little bit.
0: Yeah, I and noticed on I, the interview that you mentioned that there were some new pieces, and that was really exciting to see.
1: Yeah, there were. I mean, I'm I'm not sure that that was Joanna really encouraged me to to keep going. You know, she came and saw my work, and you know, she said, "Don't why don't you do work now?" And I kind of said, "Well, because I, you know, I used all my good ideas. I did it all uh, in the ten years that I was working." And I don't really have that much more to say. You know, I feel that I've covered it and things haven't changed. And she just said, well, you know, that's absolutely right. But there's no reason why, you know, I mean, each individual piece of work I did was different and about something. Yeah. different. Yeah. And she was encouraging me to just, you know, maybe expand on some of those same themes in relation to what's happening today. So I think the most successful piece that I did was probably the um uh expressing breasts piece with three breasts displayed on the wall like um wall plaques and yeah. extra breasts sort of near the skirting board and they were about how you know how breasts are seen how women see their breasts how men see their breasts and so on so that was my kind of you know my bit of uh, me too connection but you know it's the same idea haven't yeah, things because haven't changed it's you because it's still enough.
0: relevant oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I love the, um, the breast down by the skirting board, um, yes. with, as you said, the men, the, the men's hands cupping with, with yes. the milk coming out. And you you talk about, um, the, the, you know, the idea of, um, of women's expression, um, still being, you know, down by the floor, hidden slightly out of sight. Um, I think that's still a very powerful, um, reflection of, of, of women, of women now. Um. It's oh, many know, women now.
1: Yeah, it's still not okay for some reason to show re- any representation of women's breasts that's um, <laughs> to do with their actual function. You know, it's still not okay. Yeah. I mean, even if they're in the um, museum and art gallery exhibition now, and you know they've had to put a sign up saying that you know there's sensitive content. I find it <laughs> unbelievable. I can't. I cannot yeah, if you had just that, the nude. Know.
0: If you you have just, yeah, a a nude bust, there'd be no sign. Well, no, I mean, anyway, you know,
1: it's not just that. Obviously, there's things about rape as well, but equally, you know, stuff that definitely needs to be seen shouldn't be hidden from children. You know, they need, people need to see it. So it's quite shocking that those things are still not okay. You know, it's not okay to discuss them, to see them, to work, you know, and
0: do work around them and about them. Well, as, um, it sounds like Joanna from Le Change, uh, uh, gallery has been encouraging you. I think I would, I would love to see more of your work. And in relation to, um, as you said in the, the interview that I watched, um, that you're now a grandmother as well. Oh, yeah. So I, th- I think, you know, I think I'm sure it wouldn't only be myself. There'd be a lot of people who'd be really interested to hear your thoughts or, or you know, see your expression on, on how you feel things are in current society, with the eyes of a grandmother as as well as a mother.
1: Well, yeah, the work that I'm doing now, and I have been doing work since since Joanna encouraged me, I, you know, you can't choose what you make your work about. You know, you just get ideas <laughs> and you have to follow them up. And so what I've found is that actually most of it is about the past at the moment. I mean, maybe that will okay. change. But I've been looking at what's been happening to women 100 years ago and 200 years ago. Partly because I, you know, not enough has changed that same reason. Um, yeah. so looking at, you know, Birmingham chain makers, women chain makers who were paid less than the men. Um, right. and who went on strike, you know, <laughs> to change that, that kind of thing. Glove makers, all sorts of stories around them. All of the things that women have done in the past, um, where, you know, they haven't had the kind of recognition you know financially or in any other way you know they should have had. how
0: are you managing to research that because um from my own experience though, it, it can often be quite difficult to find um, information about women's roles in the past because it wasn't always archived it's not always well, written no. about as um, as much as men's history
1: well I, t- I mean it's probably not um, not the best way but what I've been doing is cutting corners I've been doing my research by reading novels about those times which is just something that I do anyway you know I'm a great reader and I just happen to have read lots of books in the last year or two where there have been the stories of you know women's stories from the past and so in a way I'm, I'm doing that you know this work on the backs of the women who've written the books who've done the research, He's done so the research corners yeah. in a way but yeah there is the research is already there and that's also a, because I've that's got a great, great way to research I think <laughs> I've got a good collection of things that I want to use, you know, things from the past. I've always collected gloves, which is why, you know, lots of my work has gloves in it. Um, And because they're such a strong representation of hands, you know. So I've got lots of things collected. I've also got things um, that belong to my mother, you know, who was one of the first women who went to college um, and who then, when she came out of college as a qualified teacher, couldn't teach you know because they weren't allowed to because the men coming back from the war had to have the jobs so you know all that kind of thing is partly in my family and partly in so it's kind of stuff that I know already or that's coming through other people's research but at the moment those are the things that seem to have spurred me on to doing some work and I'm you know I've got quite a reasonable collection of half-finished pieces of work now about that and also because Um, my uncle was in the Second World, First World War, rather, and he actually came back. But he sent things back from the front when he was there, you know, handkerchiefs and so on. So I've got a collection of things from then. So it all links Um, very much with what's happening at the moment, I think, you know, because of the centenary. Um, Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. So maybe it's to do with that. I think because it's so much in the news and so much in people's thoughts at the moment. Um, you know, things about war, things about women's involvement in that and things about industry and teaching. Yeah, sorts of absolutely. Mm. So it's not quite, it's not what Joanna wanted me to do. <laughs> she would like me to be working on, you know, how I feel about what's happening now. But somehow, you know, at the moment, that's, it's not my concern. But I'm sure it will. I do, am, well,
0: <laughs> yeah, i I think it sounds like you've got some really exciting stuff mm. being made. Um and you're no. right I think it's you you can't force what comes you have no, you to can't. you have to work with the ideas that are in that are you know making you passionate about well, it exactly. making you feel about it
1: And you know I'm kind of in my 70s now and I I do feel that it's a time of reflection you know it is a time of reflection and looking back I don't have so much involvement in in the current world I mean my 18 year old and 14 year old granddaughters do Um And, you know, I talk to them about things, but it's their world, you know. It's not mine, really. It's a strange, you know, the world goes ahead of you as you get older. And so some of the concerns that um, I certainly would have had if I was young now, I just feel, you know, I need to leave those to younger women. You know, it's going to be their job to follow those things up and do something about those things. But I'm very worried and concerned, I think, about things being lost from the past and about wheels being reinvented all the time, you know. And I think that's yeah. why I want to make some work about women in the past, you know, who've been forgotten.
0: I think that's a really important point to um, end on, actually, Sue. Thank you. But, um it's, it's so important for artists now and for women in society now to be aware of what has gone before, what has happened, what has changed, um, what roles women have had in that. And, um, and you can use that in terms of um, pushing forward for more change. And um, yeah, that's, um, that's been brilliant to talk to you, Sue. Thank you so much.
1: Well, thank you for giving me the opportunity. It's been good to talk about it.
0: No problem. Thank you for listening. This was Woman Up. A podcast series by Desperate Artwives.